give you a moment to scramble to a chair. Welcome to our ninth annual Sue C. Boynton event. Next year will be our big number 10. We're very excited about that. But uh, we want to welcome you. This is the second year we've had the luckiest weather of all time with the sailboats in the background and everything. It's really lovely. A um, couple of maintenance things I want to let you know. A lot of you already know we've got food, which is great. So feel free to indulge on that. Bathrooms are also downstairs and on the west side of the building. So if you need to escape out that way, that's where they're located. And... Um, yeah, we just want to thank you all for coming and having a wonderful turnout. Most of our poets are here to read today. Um, if they're not available, one of our judges will be reading for them. So we want to uh, thank you for coming and for bringing your families and uh, enjoying this wonderful day. This year we had over 300 entries, which was a little bit up from last year, which is really great. What's really interesting to note is... Tenacity is a really powerful thing. Um, eight of our winning poets this year who were first-time winners had entered in previous years and had never won. So we kind of got some flesh blood, you know, so to speak, this year that we get to hear from that we've not gotten to hear from before who are new people who are going to be up on this stage that have kept entered and entered and entered, and now they finally get to come and say their words, and that's a really powerful thing. So to help kick us up with that, we've got our wonderful MC this year is Kevin Murphy. Uh, Kevin Murphy is a, a great community uh, poet that many people here have probably heard and enjoyed. He's got a published book called A Beautiful Chaos, um, Demands Energy, and he also has a, a CD recording of uh, Between Onions and Oxygen. So hopefully you will enjoy his good humor and uh, You'll enjoy him throughout the evening, so I will hand the mic over to him, and we will get started. All right, welcome. We are gathered here together to honor the winners of the Sue Boynton Poetry Contest, and also to celebrate the ever-evolving, ever-expanding collective genius of our poetry community here in Whatcom County and poetry itself, the time and distance-defying conversation anyone can be a part of. And it's just that I've been MC at other things, uh, but I've never really been an MC at a ceremony, so I felt I had to be a little ceremonial there. So, uh, so at this point, it is my pleasure to introduce Jan Pearson. Jan Pearson is the granddaughter of Susie Boynton. She is a native of Bellingham and a freelance writer and author of 17 books. She holds a BA in psychology and criminal justice, as do most writers, from the Evergreen State College. Uh, she's a former writing instructor with the Institute of Children's Literature. Jan's most recent books are The Calamity Creek Mysteries, a series of six books for young readers set in the San Juan Islands. Calamity Creek Island is drawn from memories of Lumley Island, where Jan spent her childhood summers in the family cabin right next to her grandparents' cabin. It is my pleasure to introduce, to welcome now, Jan Pearson. Give her a hand. Thank you a lot. It's an honor to be here, not just because my grandma was so special to me, 
but because I get the chance to perhaps allow her to be special to you too. Because if it wasn't for her and some of these amazing people who saw her vision, who loved words, including myself, this whole possibility wouldn't be here tonight. So I'm so glad to be a part of honoring poets, young and older, like myself. I'm just honored to be here and to honor you and say thank you for giving your gifts that reside inside of you and giving them to others. That's what I do as a writer. That's what happened to me when I got some of my grandmother's genes because she truly was always filled with visions, filled with possibility, filled with dreams. But I wanted, to, and I brought tonight a picture of Grandma riding, <clears throat> backpacking, and you probably saw it on the entry table. Susie Boynton did more than write poetry, just like you. She had a life. She was an activist. She was one of the first women to climb Mount Baker. She was an amazing woman. But Grandma also was a loving and lovely woman and died and left Bellingham just before her 98th birthday. So she had a long and full life. I'm just honored to be here tonight and to honor you. And I would like to share, I don't want to take any more time away from this important event, but just to say, and as I think you already know, Susie Boynton was a real person. And she's still real. I have 14 grandchildren and five great-grandchildren, so she's going to go on being real to generations, just like you are, and just like your gifts and your light and your love gives, because some of you tonight are parents or grandparents or friends of these gifted writers, and you have supported them, and I honor you too. I want to share Grandma's poem I do every year, my favorite, simply because it was written when she was in her 70s, like I am. And this poem goes something like this. This business of growing old bothered me once when I was 55. But now, at three score years and ten, plus five, all fears concerning age have gone. And I'm just glad to be alive. To be alive and find upon the table of each new day a brimming cup. A challenge to go on. So, I've stopped growing old. Too busy growing up. Thank you. Right. Thank you so much, Jan. Thank you for joining us here tonight. Uh, now it is my honor to introduce the judges. James Bertolino's poetry has been appearing internationally in books, magazines, and anthologies for over 40 years. Hard to believe. His first book was published in 1968, and Every Wound Has a Rhythm, his most recent, was published in 2012. His 12th volume, Ravenous Bliss, New and Selected Love Poems, is forthcoming in 2014 from Moonpath Press. James Bertolino's poetry, James, a.k.a. Jim, has also been recognized nationally by the Book of the Month Club Poetry Fellowship, 
the Discovery Award, a National Endowment for the Arts Fellowship, two Quarterly Review of Literature Book Publication Awards, and the Gene Lohman Poetry Prize for Washington State Poets. Jim earned his MFA at Cornell University, taught at Cornell University of Cincinnati, and Western Washington University. We are honored to have him here with us. Yeah, give him a hand. Sheila Nickerson is a former poet laureate of Alaska, and Alaska is a big state. She has lived in the Bellingham since 1998. Her poems have been widely published in magazines, chapbooks, and anthologies, and have received two pushcart prizes. Her most recent poetry title is Along the Alaska Highway. She has worked with a number of musicians on collaborative pieces, including Songs from the Dragon Quilt with composer Alice Parker. Alice Parker. Her prose titles include Writers in the Public Library, Disappearance, a Map, Midnight to the North, the untold story of the Inuit woman who saved the Polaris expedition, and her most recent nonfiction title, just published by the University of Alaska Press, is Harnessed to the Pole, Sledge Dogs in Service to American Explorers of the Arctic, 1853 to 1909. We are happy to have here tonight Sheila Nickerson. And so each of the judges is going to come up here and tell us a little bit about what it is like to serve as judge for this contest. Thank you, Kevin. You didn't have to say all that about me. But, um, you know, something that people don't know is that my actual name is James Dean. I was named after the actor James Dean when James Dean was 12 years old. <laughs> anyway, check it out. Um, I, I, I would like to say that this, this process of judging um, well over 350 individual poems um, was quite remarkable, quite wonderful. And what was um, not only gratifying in engaging how rich the this culturally diverse and wonderful supportive community has been in producing poetry and producing people who write poetry i found reading the poems by the school kids because we the those submissions were indicated as to grade level so you didn't know who they were by but you knew the grade level I was frankly astonished at how dazzling so many of these poems were. I mean, the ideas, the, uh, the word choices, the images was wonderful stuff. And having taught creative writing for, you know, way too long, uh, <laughs> um, I would have been thrilled to have had some of these young kids in my classes. They were really remarkable. Um, and also, what else I would say about the process um, uh, to judge with someone as distinguished as Sheila is quite remarkable and, and gratifying. We judged separately. We did not communicate about the poems. We, we came up with our own list of poems. And as it turned out, there was only one overlap. One. And so then I was forced into choosing another one, which was fine. It was fine with me. <laughs> 
But I, I found that too remarkable that uh, there weren't uh, more than a single overlap, you know. But good stuff. Anyway, I'm sure, sure looking forward to hearing these poems read tonight. And I understand there are a couple of uh, winning poets who uh, can't be here, so we will take turns reading those poems. Okay? So if, if I come up here when somebody else has been announced and I look kind of unlike what you'd expect for that poet, it's because I'm not. Anyway, thank you all for coming. It's a wonderful large audience, and I love this program. It is a daunting and humbling task, as you can imagine, to hold in your hands 300 poems, and you can choose only 25. And actually, you can choose only half of that because the other judge takes half the quota. So here you are with this huge pile of exciting, wonderful poems. And what do you do? Well, to be very specific, I read through all 300, all at one sitting, going through them very, very carefully with my trusty yellow sticky notes at hand. And every time I came to a poem that gave me an immediate sense that I wanted to spend more time with that poem, I'd slap on a sticky note. So after I'd gone through all the poems a couple of times, then I went through the ones I had annotated with sticky notes. And then, of course, I had to cut more and more away to reach this vicious Quota, we had only 25 altogether. So what did I find? Teardrops and raindrops. Many, many teardrops and raindrops. Also, I found snow, mountains, birds, food, dogs, cats, whales, flowers, washing dishes, events with family and friends, many of the everyday things that we all experience in our daily lives. What was I looking for? I was looking for that special detail, that one concrete item, which makes all the difference, moving the poem to a different level and changing how we look at the subject and changing us in turn. As the wise poet Richard Hugo once said, a poem has two subjects, the one that triggers it or causes it to be, the title, and then the real subject, which the poem comes to say or mean. In other words, that which emerges from deeper depths. It is this that I am after, the poem that has grown beyond its beginning, the poem that takes us from the ordinary to the mysterious and challenges us to see in a new way. Teardrops can become raindrops and raindrops teardrops. In the magic of poetry, anything is possible. Above all, as Jim has alluded to, poetry is a gift of one person's vision to another. And I thank you all for sharing in this wonderfully rich abundance. The first reader of the evening Reading after reading my friend's poem is Lucy Shaw. I want to thank Bellingham Weather for providing this amazing backdrop for my poem. 
after reading my friend's poems, and this is for a, a dear and wonderfully proficient uh, poet, Jeannie Murray Walker, who has just published her new and selected poems um, with the University of Delaware Press. After reading my friend's poems for Jeannie Walker, the words do flips off the page like fledglings sprung from the boredom of the nest. Nothing is safe now. Everything evolves, is being free to be something else. <clears throat> a, <clears throat> a phrase is warming up, up and down the scale, a soprano vocalizing in my ear as I shrug myself into my jacket. My car waltzes me down the hill. We are both crazy with these fresh verses that sing us right into town. At the market, I consult my list. It reads like terzarima. I choose a golden squash, weigh a small ham in my hand, consider grapes from Chile, praising the seeds that shine up through the pale green flesh. I sing the stickers on the apples. Heinz ketchup bottles turn into lyrics for the eye. Lordy, on the way home I even begin to poem the weather, the cloud anthems, the rain timpanies, the rainbow oil on the puddles, the small syllables of boats in the bay, their sails bellying with praise. <laughs> Next up, we have Saren Fargo. Saren will read a haiku. And where we have haiku, uh, we're, we're asking the uh, reader, the author, to read the poem a couple of times. Uh, they go by so quickly. So Saren Fargo. Change in plans, the garden sale sign covered in snow. Change in plans, the garden sale sign covered in snow. Please welcome now Cassandra Dick, who will read My Best Friend. Thank you. So my poem is called My Best Friend. Mom, mountain of desire, river of passion, fighting to stay on her feet, a woman of elegance and wisdom, showing the world her bravery and confidence. Mom, pocket of anxiety and sorrow, hiding emotions in a bottle until the bottle bursts and breaks. Mom, book of journey, highway of stubbornness, living life with her head up high, a woman of humor, making days brighter. Mom is my best friend. 
I'm now pleased to introduce Mary Ann Miller, who will read A Slice of the Pie. A slice of the pie. One cuts, the other chooses. My mother's instructions to my brother and me on dividing a piece of leftover pie or cake. A solution created with Solomon-like wisdom to cut through sibling rivalry. Eyes focus on the emerging size of each piece. Sugary desire hones geometry skills. Cut carefully, calculate, and measure. Are slices equal? Is one a hair's breadth larger? A solution with checks and balances. Vested interest of all parties. In a current ethos of entitlement and greed, I wish I'd see fair distribution, and for all of us, just desserts. One cuts, the other chooses. And following a slice of the pie, we have Brett Larkin, who will read Cheddar and Mozzarella. Cheddar is yellow like a sunflower. Mozzarella is like spring every hour. Cheddar is like the sun shining so bright. Mozzarella is like snow, a winter delight. Cheddar is like a bee buzzing all around. Mozzarella is like a bird flying through town. Cheddar is as yellow as the sun. Mozzarella is as white as the moon. Cheddar is like a tree with a gleaming glow. Mozzarella is like a tree bulging with snow. Cheddar is a planet big and out there. Mozzarella is a planet small and out where. My mind thinks mozzarella, but my taste buds go with cheddar. All right. Thank you, Brett. Now we have Bob Hicks, who will read Fill Me. Fill me with a stinger swarm of honeybees, 8,000 compound eyes wrapped with a single worker's zigzag dance so they will learn where to find a stand of wildflowers swaying somewhere inside me. Fill me slithering with snakes, sidewinders, tongues parted, lapping in telltale scents, evading what they can and capturing what they need. Fill me cut with a slide bank of scree, sharp edged flint striking sparks to flame, a granite avalanche converting the mountainside from forest canopy dusk to blaring white rock granite. Fill me numb with the glacier's core, translucent topaz, tempered, solid, pure. Gorge me with a river's torrents and shoals, with boiling spew and slate calm. Fill me with all the world's aliveness, with everything avoided, everything desolate and missed.
Thank you, Bob. I'm now pleased to introduce Suzanne Harris, who will read Father. Father. It seemed like time froze that cold, clear January day when you lay dying and I drove 100 miles to sit by your bedside and sing and read and cry. After you were gone, the rains came, tears pouring from the sky. I cried as I drove home through wild wind and spray while the skies sobbed their condolences. Later, sorting out the loss and the grief, it snowed as if winter held her breath just for me while I journeyed that season of sadness. Now, please welcome to the podium Angela Belcaster. Angela will read in the dance studio. In the dance studio. Sophia, my daughter, your blonde hairs broke free of gravity again. Lifted by a whirlwind of notes, your toes and shoulders and arms ascend. At your age, I hid in closets, under beds, in trees. I climbed and deflected and crouched and turned my body into dance only when I dreamed. Sophia, look. Your dark leather dance shoes are the only thing holding you from breaking free, from flying up into the slipstream into the music. Think them into black crows and rise when you are ready. You're Persephone, my dear, and rewritten the story thus. Once freed by this spring, you're not going back. Just try and make you. If love can change lives, then I am saved. It's half my genes in you dancing. Thank you. Let's have a hand for Donna Watson rushing. This poem is for Carrie Sherlock. Sherlock. For Carrie Sherlock. Murdered in Mount Baker area at age 20, 1998. Don't go, sister, up that bright mountain with that man. He will not recognize the holiness, either of you or of the mountain. We'll desecrate those sacred places. Don't go with him, daughter, in your blessed body. He does not remember the sacredness of even his own life, has forgotten where his hatred started. With a cold heart that barely beats, he regards you, who are truly loved. Don't go, my friend, up that winding road 
Your fear is your heart's voice straining to be heard. It is your mother's voice reminding you, we do not walk in fear without a reason. Hush, listen. The stream is your blood, the wind your own breath. That bird's call, your beating heart song. Be kindest, daughter, always to yourself. Thank you. Thanks, Donna. Uh, the next poet, Cody Moser, uh, whose poem Get Dirty is a winner. Uh, Cody is not here this evening, is that correct? And uh, one of the judges is going to read that poem. <laughs> How about Jim Bertolino? Maybe he'd be up for reading this one. Thanks, Kevin. Okay, Cody Moser's Get Dirty. Well, you see the broadside or the placard with, for this poem. It's got all these handprints everywhere. Ooh. Get dirty. One shall always be dirty. The joy will overwhelm you until being dirty is the only thing you want. Remember your childhood. The water, the grass, the mud. Relive the greatest moments of your life. No matter where you are, find a hose and give it a squirt. Get dirty. The joy of it oozing through your toes and dripping down your face. Go out and get dirty. When your long, hard day is over, get dirty. People get cleaner and cleaner every day, but in reality, they need to get out and get dirty. <laughs> I, I really felt like he was channeling Cody right there. That was awesome. Next up, Carol McMillan, Medicine Dance. Layers of worlds ebbing and flowing as woven and separate as lights of the north. Often, I choose an illusion of permanence shared by my neighbors who know only one. With a whisper of feathers, I'm brushed by a layer not as well known to the mowers of lawns, offering options with visions of places Existences lived in an uncommon realm. Last night, I flew on the wings of the voices, the feet of the dancers who know how to pass through planes of existence with ancestral knowledge, carefully passed through the ages of time. Sculpted by wisdom, it lifted our bodies, rose through our voices, and guided my dance. Thank you. 
Next up, Thomas Lewis, The Raging Storm Inside. The tallest reader of the evening. The raging storm inside. The wind is howling. The trees are shaking. The fear is setting inside me. The thunder rumbles. The lightning flashes. The fright seeps into my adolescent mind. I feel the earth moving beneath me. I feel the house shaking furiously. I know it is just another storm, but is it really? Is it all in my head? Am I making it all up? Then, comfort and serenity under the covers.